0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 453 my name is dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our journey with season one of the fox series fringe and uh, you know we were chatting before <laughs> i forgot to mention you know wayne always sends me his audio file uh you know 10 15 minutes after we record and you know then i put it together and start the editing and last week i'm like damn i can't get this to match up what the hell's wrong? And uh, <laughs> um I I don't think it was that you sent me the wrong one. I mean you did you, you sent me two. No, I no. Guess. The
1: the previous the previous week's file was still in Dropbox.
0: Oh it was oh it was still in Dropbox, yeah. which is weird because I always have to pull it out. So I don't know. Anyway, that's what she said. Um <laughs> oh, you, you, okay. almost slipped that one by. Yeah, you yeah. almost not right, anyway, but uh, <laughs> um yeah, anyway, so you, you're working, so you're, you're not having much of a chance to watch the confirmation hearings of our soon-to-be-newest Supreme Court justice, and, no. and it's like, yeah, I wish the Republicans would just, you know, I mean, they're focused on child pornography and how she rules. I mean, why don't they just ask what they really want to know, which is when Matt Gates comes up before her in the Supreme Court, how is she going to rule <laughs> on his child abuse uh child sexual abuse charges yeah i mean yeah. come on let's let get right to it guys but anyway no all right that's all i <laughs> know oh, you just had to get it off it. It. that's fine that's fine i could not help yeah it, but uh anyway um remind you guys that we typically record either monday or tuesday so feedback needs to be in by sunday night eastern although tonight we're recording wednesday but this is an anomaly because uh you are back coaching high school sports again with lacrosse yep um, and i
1: have daughters playing so well. sports too so it's yeah it's uh, spring is always a super busy season for for us over here.
0: and if you guys want to contact us sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do it join the facebook group if you haven't already All right, I'm going to go real quickly with my tips of the week, or actually, I think it's kind of always evolved into what we're watching. I've mentioned this before probably every year on Netflix, Formula One, Drive to Survive. This is season four, which covers the 2021 F1 season, and I'm just into it. So if you're into auto racing, and and, and I I think the thing that's really cool about the Formula One and, and this Netflix series is that you you just see so many people from so many different countries and the way you know everybody interacts with each other and we've mentioned this before the fact that damn it it's like these people from foreign countries speak English better than yeah. half the Americans we know right <laughs> so uh uh anyway um Also watching this HBO Max Italian coming-of-age series, I think I've mentioned it before, My Brilliant Friend, which returned for its third season. And, you know, it's my wife's show, and I kind of like it. It's pretty good. But the other night, it's like my wife and I go through this almost nightly. I'll be like, all right, you ready to watch? You know, whatever it is we're watching. Yeah, just a minute. Okay, well, a minute turns into an hour very often so you know so lately what I've done is like well okay I'm gonna start watching something and you tell me when you're ready and you know I generally pick something you know that I know she doesn't want to see and and a lot of times what happens is like okay I'm ready (laughs) so I don't even know what caused me to do this it must have been there on Netflix but I watched the pilot episode for Roswell New Mexico which is a CW show okay and it was pretty good (laughs) I mean, uh, she ended up letting me watch the whole episode a couple times to say, hey, whenever you're ready. Um, Typical CW show. Everybody's young. Everybody's good looking. It's, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be a little different take on the whole Roswell crash, but it was fun. Again, as I said to her, I said, well, I'll probably watch the next episode whenever I can't figure out what I want to watch the next uh, time she says she'll be back episode. in a minute yeah, probably. yeah right i did watch the second episode of last kingdom and and dude it, it's just really difficult to watch um it's just so disturbing at this point what's going on and yeah i say stick with it. it oh i'm gonna stick yeah. with it oh yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> but it's almost like you want to fast forward through some of the really painful stuff and and you know, of course I didn't. But right. Anyway, what are you watching? Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, I I finished the uh, season five of the Last Kingdom, and it was awesome once again. And I think the the last episode they did a really good job of you know because it is it is technically a series finale. I know they do have a you know a feature length movie that they are are going to make as well. As far as the television series, this is it, and it just had a really great last episode. Um, I can't, I won't even begin to talk about it because whatever I would say would be a complete spoiler, but uh, you know, certainly uh, I thought brought really about some some good closure to what has been an outstanding series and one of my absolute favorites. Very sad, you know, I guess bittersweet, again, you're always sad that it's going, you know, even though you know there's going to be a, you know, a a movie, still the, the fact that, that that will be it for The Last Kingdom is is kind of sad, but uh, they they really did end it very well. The other one, I, I don't know if you, because you, you do have HBO, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, so have you seen any of uh, Winning Time yet?
0: I haven't. I mean, I, I've seen it as, um, you know, going to HBO Max to find whatever show we're watching, but I haven't seen it yet. Love it. I love okay. it.
1: So it's, um, and I'm not a Lakers fan, uh, nor am I even a particularly big uh, NBA fan. You know, I watch the NBA when it's on TV. You know, I like, I love basketball. I like watching it. Um, and these are the the is the best. But uh, so this is you know basically about how uh, this guy Jerry Buss, who is the owner of the Lakers for a long time, uh, how he turned this kind of middle of the pack type. Uh, franchise into arguably the greatest basketball franchise in NBA history. I like, you know people in the uh, Northeast right now, particularly around the Boston area, might be uh, reeling from that statement. And hey, you know, I, I, I you know, you, you can't ignore the facts. Celtics were
0: are were awesome. <laughs> uh, the one Lakers. or two Bulls fans might argue with you, right? You
1: yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know, even know. That, even the I Bulls, like, really. They had Jordan, and then when he left, that was it. Whereas the Lakers, even after Magic Johnson retired, um, you know, they brought in Kobe Bryant, and then they, you know, they brought in Shaquille O'Neal. So they still won rings even after you know the what we consider the golden years of uh, when when Magic was there and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and everything. So you know, and I, so anyway so this is the the beginning of the dynasty and it takes place in the, uh, starts off in the early seventies and I guess maybe the mid seventies. It brings us up to, but you know, it's just, you got, um, uh, Jason. Oh, what's Jason? Ah, crap. I can't remember his last name. Uh, he plays what Jerry West. Uh, he's, you know, really good. And my, my brain's just not working right now. The, the acting is top notch and they, the, you know, I, all the you know, the, the costumes and, and the, the cars and the sets and everything they use really makes you feel like they're and even every now and then they'll they'll skip to like this kind of grainy type film uh, stock that, you know, makes it look like an old home movie from the seventies or something. So it's just it was really it's it's very funny. Uh, the acting is, is top-notch, uh, all the characters in it. Um, it makes me want to read more about this, but I don't want to read more just yet because I want to watch the series first and then I'll go and, and read more because it really is a very uh, fascinating story how this has come about. There's only We're only three episodes in right now and I don't even know how, I assume HBO is probably, what, eight episodes, right? Probably. Um, probably. So uh, it's 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 awesome. And like I said, I'm not even like the world's biggest Basketball, pro basketball fan, but I found it extremely enjoyable and it has become my new uh, Sunday night jam.
0: So cool. Have you read Pat Riley's book? Well, no, and
1: oh, that and that's because uh, you know, just last episode they just introduced uh Pat Riley, and it's just so funny to see like you know, we just always think of Pat Riley as this icon. You know, he was always like this amazing coach, but here he is. Like, uh, just an ex player, kind of down on his luck, desperate just to get. And he's tr- like, if he's trying to get like a job doing the Lakers broadcast, you know? So, and Ad- Ad- Adrian Brody plays Pat Riley and uh, just, again, like really, really fast. And, and it's awesome to see these guys who, again, the, you know, Magic Johnson as a, you know, uh, a senior at Michigan State, right? And uh, we haven't even started three episodes that he hasn't played pro ball yet they've just you know recently drafted him um so again to see a, a young magic johnson uh and at that time and all these guys who are absolute icons uh jerry Bus as well you know just to um to see them portrayed in, in their youth and everything it's it's super wild and yeah really enjoyable no so i haven't read pat riley's book but again i, I imagine as soon as this series is over I'm, I'm probably gonna go check it out because uh like i said it's a, it's a really fascinating story
0: all right well speaking of fascinating stories let's get to fringe episode 14 of season one titled ability and dude man if you've been following along with fringe and you're not hooked now i don't know what to tell you um obviously not speaking to you but yeah. <laughs> story by glenn whitman and robert a teleplay by david h goodman directed by norberto barba this one aired february 10th 2009 i dude i'm just like wow i i, I guess what really strikes me is i didn't realize all of this stuff that gets revealed in this episode right? came this quickly right in the season.
1: i know i was like holy crap they're doing. They're going there already. Like, oh my god, yeah. There's like, there's a lot we can't talk about until we get to the spoiler zone. Uh, but then we are gonna have a lot to talk about in the spoiler zone. But um, yeah, it's crazy how much stuff that is like, seriously big time influential stuff. With the rest of the series is just they throw it all in this one episode. It was. Uh, I, 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 I know the way I said it there makes it sound like they haphazardly did so, and they did not. Uh, it was a great episode but yeah it was wild to see how much they they put into that
0: yeah i i mean the opening scene where we relive to a certain extent david robert jones escape from the german prison and and we presented with that idea of disintegration reintegration which is not a new concept for sci-fi fans i mean star trek has been using it for decades but again as you said there there's so much that's revealed but but it all Makes sense within the context of the fringe world of course we certainly see in this episode and acknowledge that walter invented a teleportation device but as we learned previously his intention was really to create a time travel device and this was one of those things that i had to go back and look at my notes because we've we've mentioned what turned out to be spoilers before because we thought it had already appeared but it definitely does appear that we learned Walter wanted to go back in time to get the doctor to cure Peter. Yes. And, and you know, he even talks to Peter about that in I yes. think it's episode 11 maybe. I did, I did look look that up. They for sure but,
1: did talk about that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Right, but the whole idea of the teleportation device having been born out of what was hope to be a time travel device is is just mind-blowing and of course we have to wonder whether Walter now that he has been extricated from St. Clair's and he has a lab and he has people that that have confidence in him he's got his teleportation device back will he now look to figure out whatever he needs to figure out to make it a time travel device and actually have two so you know who knows that will certainly be yeah right that will certainly be cool (laughs) i can't remember (laughs) right now we we get a lot in this episode and and david robert jones even he points it out to i believe it's olivia that you know teleportation does not come without a price and he seems to imply that he was not aware of how severe the price was going to be and and you know despite his uh you know suntan lotion and all these different things he did to prepare, I, I guess nothing could prepare him for you know what was gonna happen in yeah. the end and,
1: and but I, I just I feel like like he is just on top of everything. So for him to like not know that especially when Walter knew that uh the, the you know what the consequences of you know disintegration, reintegration was I feel like he must have known. You know, but it just was it was so important for him to to do it that he was willing to to take that chance to sacrifice himself.
0: Yeah, and we're, we're still left to wonder how long has David Robert Jones been around in, in terms of Walter Bishop's work because he he certainly seems to be a fanboy of Walters yeah. and certainly Uh, seems to imply that that he's at least known about him for quite a long time I I would think if Walter did know him he certainly there have been that recognition so I I guess we can you know eliminate that but how long has he been hanging in the background you know was he aware 25 years ago that that Walter was trying to create a time machine that turned into a teleportation device so
1: well you know if his you know david robert jones's bible is the zft i mean at the end we see walter typed it
0: right now well we we don't know that for sure and that's a good lead in well the, i mean the, it's well I'd the, say
1: they're they're leading heavily on that yeah, it would right. suck for them to do that and say ah just kidding there's another typewriter out there with that carries the Y like that
2: well
0: well no i guess what i was going to say at this point the zft manifesto we can say with certainty was written on walter's typewriter whether walter wrote it or not now now, granted i i I agree with you that that it it would be pretty bad if the writers took a left turn and that somebody else wrote it and just happened to use walter's typewriter which i guess we could argue that you you know we've got william bell out there and true while we haven't met him yet we've certainly heard about him we know that he shared a lab with walter so i think it is within the realm of possibility that william bell may have typed the manifesto on the typewriter
1: yes that's a great point right i said walter typed it but so yeah we don't know if it was Walter who actually typed it. Could have been William Bell. Could have been someone else, but certainly Walter's typewriter was the 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 thing on which it was written.
0: Right, and and Walter uh, of course is really into reading it now and. <laughs> again now the the funny walter lines i think it was last week fred mentioned there really weren't very many in that episode this week we we certainly come back and get a few and for those of you that were seinfeld fans it reminds me of that episode where george is in the bookstore Uh, you remember that when he takes takes a, a book off the shelf and um takes it into the restroom or, oh, yeah. uh, some light yeah. reading, and then the uh, the clerk is appalled that he would do that. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of funny when when he tells Peter that. But I, I guess well, what I
1: worked in the bookstore, bro, and I could tell you some stories about people taking books into the bathroom that you don't
0: want to hear. <laughs> okay, I don't want to. <laughs> um, you know, but Walter, as he's reading this, he, he hasn't expressed any recognition yet. Now, granted, he hasn't had a whole lot of time. They had to, you know, solve this week's uh, pattern incident, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. I think it certainly counts as a, as a pattern incident. But you would think that he would remember and maybe even acknowledge to Peter or to Olivia or, for that matter, even to Astrid, who he. Seems to be getting closer to, and I love that scene with her where she's fangirling out uh, at the end, and it's and I I guess what makes it even more special to me is that it's almost like it it just goes right by him how she's yeah just such a fangirl at this moment and and it it wasn't that long ago that she wouldn't speak to him and and rightly right. so because of uh, you know things he said to her. The- well, and, and he, did to her right i mean you uh, yeah
1: know. right he, he uh he knocked her out
0: yeah so yeah. um so you know i mean just that but the other thing about zft is i don't know about you but I, you, you almost feel like it has a cult-like atmosphere to it the way yeah you, you know you know the way that uh certainly some of the, the writing that, that Walter has read aloud, or, or Peter even even in some cases, Mitchell Loeb and some of the things he says to Olivia, that then it's like, how far-reaching is this cult? I mean, you know, for us, the viewer, we've really only seen this small group led by David Robert Jones, it would appear, and, and you know, Mitchell Loeb and his crew, but You know, is it much more far-reaching? It would seem almost like it has to be, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, those those cult aspects are, like, I mean, they impossible to miss, you know. And, you know, Mitchell Loeb is, like, Jones is just part of the army, and what was written will come to pass, you know. Like, just stuff that really sounds... Like from, a, from, a, from some kind of religious cult, for sure. You
0: know. Yeah, and nothing she can do will stop it. And, and just like that line you, you quoted, what was written will come to pass, I, I, we assume he's referring to the ZFT manifesto that, that Peter was able to obtain. So what that was, I mean, it's a, a pretty thick volume at this point, um, single space typed on, on an old typewriter. I, you know, not to digress too much. Did you ever have to use a manual typewriter or, or were electric typewriters pretty ubiquitous by the time you were typing for uh, school?
1: I when I went to college I took an electric typewriter with okay. me. Okay. Okay. And then um, by the time my youngest sister went to college, she had gotten a um one of those little Mac uh Probably desktops. Not. Yeah. Okay, cool. The little one like that's in what you, you had in in, uh, in the room in, yeah, in sure. your my old room. Yeah. Still um, works, yeah, dude. Did you ever fire it up? I did. I did fire it up because um, I like had a, little... a student was like, what's that? And I'm like, well, that's that's a Macintosh back in the day. He's like, does it work? I'm like, well, let's plug it in and see it. And sure enough.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a document on there that's like a little time capsule. So you should tell your kids to open it up and read what previous years wrote and have them add to the document
1: well that's it well that's i need a keyboard
0: for it well there should be one hanging around i kept one somewhere but anyway well we'll we'll talk about that (laughs) when we're not supposed to be talking about fringe all of this stuff is uber cool but we get the introduction of a multiverse and a coming war between the two worlds now yep Somebody might say, whoa, Dave, you know, this, these could be the rantings of a madman. There is no multiverse. And I would say you're right. That's true. I'll go back to what I have already said once tonight. Within the context of the world of Fringe and everything we've seen to this point, I think we have to at least acknowledge that it's probably a real possibility that we're going down the multiverse road. Well, why would they bring it up? Sure, sure. Otherwise, e- exactly, right? right. So, whether it's only two worlds or three worlds or or more than three, um, you know, Charlie Jade, as we've mentioned before, had three. Uh, we don't know yet at this point, but the idea of a multiverse is mind blowing in and of itself, and the fact that there is going to be a war between the two worlds just wow um right
1: well because this idea that only one can survive and it's like hey how come we can't just all get along in our multiverses huh
0: right and and of course that's something we can maybe address a little bit in the spoiler zone tonight sorry for those of you that haven't seen the whole series but the other thing that's that's brought up are the unnatural events that will supposedly presage this coming war so are we then to understand that the events of the pattern you know are these unnatural events i mean i would think that's a reasonable explanation for i think
1: that's exactly what we're supposed to think yeah
0: yeah so
1: you know that because the idea is you know like as we're listening to it we're like holy crap this is exactly you know like they're this book is laying it out just as it's happening, like right now,
0: right? I mean, the, you, the incident this week, while it was pretty cool in a gruesome sort of way, and of course, it led into another uh, Walter line uh, about you know how many of his orifices had actually closed, and, <laughs> and there were two that were uh, apparently not checked, and, and Peter said, "Well, let's let that one go by. We don't need to check those two." <laughs> Um, and, yes. and, and when Olivia tries to save the one agent, again, it was a great scene because we're thinking, like, she saved him. That's great. Okay, now she'll just, you know, maybe cut open his mouth. And we're not thinking that, well, why would it stop there if it's – yeah. and, of course, it didn't. And, and uh, it, it led into, you know, her, her being able to really – I think even Harris felt bad. You know, a good man died because of your obstinance. And it was like, what could he say? Yeah. And
1: yeah. That's true. And it is nice in this one to see really, uh, you know, Harris getting a little bit of his back. And, and um, you know, Olivia showing that she's not going to take his crap.
0: Right. Now, you know, we've mentioned – zft and whether we call it a manifesto a bible or whatever we we haven't mentioned the title destruction by advancement of technology and what we have kind of talked about uh, as as we've gone along not only in fringe we've said this many times a lot of great science fiction explores science run amok and and the responsibility that scientists have for their creations and Uh, you know certainly what we know of Walter it does seem to make sense that perhaps he had an epiphany and that yes he is responsible for this and and again you know the the William Bell involvement is still out there as a possibility and and you know that again I'm not sure I can't remember what happens or when it happens or any of that but you know for now yeah that's certainly something to consider well
1: and you know I actually like the line because when um Olivia went to ask Nina about it about uh, I don't think she came up did she have cortex yeah she yeah she said cortex effect and Nina was like that doesn't ring a bell and I was like
0: oh step oh now are you making like the comment bell. about Bell William Bell or
1: yeah right oh, okay, okay. she she could have said um, there's a, a Ton of ways that she could have said, "Oh, that that is I am not familiar with that, or I've never heard of that." But no, she says that doesn't ring a bell, and I'm like, "Nice,
0: right now." Now I didn't even pick up on that. That excellent. Fred brings up in his feedback, you know, that very incident when Nina looks on her handheld device and only comes up with the one trial in Ohio, and 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 I agree with Fred that that does seem a little sketchy that you know her her database or whatever it is she's searching wouldn't have both trials now he he brings up
1: well there's also the strong possibility that Nina is just full of it well sure of course she totally knows the minute Olivia walks in there she knows what Olivia's going to ask about and she knows the answer that Olivia's looking for but she still like drags her along like hmm that doesn't sound familiar like come off it Nina no one's buying it
0: Right. But what a great way to end this episode, because, you know, one of the things we learn is that there was this 1981 Cortexophan study run by William Bell and, and presumably w- w- with Walter's involvement as well, in which children really young, it sounds like, you know, three, four, five, six years old, were administered this cortexifan, which was supposed to remove the limitations that occur to us as we grow, you know, eventually into adulthood. So whether these are, you know, social, societal, uh, you know, again, you know, maybe something to do with the brain chemistry, but that supposedly things that happen to us as we grow, shut off portions of our brain and, and Cortexophan, this is supposed to, you know, prevent any of those limitations from occurring and and of course we get to the end of the episode and Olivia you know thinks she's free and clear and it's like oh yeah by the way there was another one in Jacksonville yeah at a military base and and yeah just uh, just a stunning ending i i mean it was just yes. just awesome
1: right and right. i mean you just get the, the complete feeling that Nina knew that Uh, Yeah. All the way when when Olivia first asked her, you know.
0: Right. So did she, look, does Nina know what's going on with David Robert Jones? We don't really know, right? I mean, on the one hand, you you feel like Nina knows everything that's going on. On the other hand, I mean, it's hard to know what to believe about Nina Sharp. So... I, I, again, I don't know here, but, but yeah, like you, I'm I'm pretty sure she knew about both studies. So was she waiting to see whether or not she passed Joan's test, which, you know, do we believe it would have gone off and, and you know, blown however many, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it, it just like with Nina, I am just always suspect that, you know, DRJ also is... 10 steps ahead of everybody else and knows everything that's going on so you know when he sends olivia there i'm pretty certain it's with close to 100 percent certainty that she's going to pass the test
0: right now we've talked before about our distaste for digital timers running down to the last second now granted they didn't show it until the very end that she succeeded right. with 2 seconds left on the clock but
1: right at least they spared us the you know intercutting with you know 5 show the hero's face 4 fumbling with something 3 sweat coming down off her brow you know like yeah
0: right and I, I, then we go back to whether or not he actually knew she faked that one test why would that give him faith in her now granted he told her about the spinal fluid and that's the only way we could tell you know that that you know you were truly in that cortex fan study so i guess he had the confidence that yes she had been part of this study so that theoretically her abilities were not limited as she grew into an adult so i guess he just figured that
1: well, he had to give her, like, a, a real-world situation. For sure. Right? Like, the, the test as it was, obviously, she doesn't believe that she can actually turn the lights off with her mind. And so they're going to game it. Right. right? Now, so he puts how- her in a situation where it's life or death. So she has to do it. There's no possibility of her cheating it. And, um, you know, and so that is the true test.
0: Right, but it, go, it goes back to, I guess, the question: Why has he resurfaced at this time? And how does he know about Olivia's abilities? How did he know she was part of that study? Did he have a list, or does he have a list and he's tracking down kids that are still alive and still around that were part of the study? Or is there something special about well, it Olivia? Well, and is Walter
1: Dunham? part of this too? Right, right. Because right. like he is totally like, oh, it's an honor to meet you. Right. So, I mean, we, we see here that Walter's typewriter typed up ZFT. David Robert Jones, who is a big proponent of ZFT, is totally geeking out when he meets Walter. So, you know, what is going on here? Like, how are all these people? Because now we're starting to see all these people who we thought were just disparate characters. They are all connected somehow.
0: Yeah, and it certainly makes sense when Olivia says that this is merely a ploy on Jones' part to meet Walter. And you have to agree that certainly makes sense. Now, given everything else that has gone on, he teleports away again. Now, whether he survives a second teleportation, um, I guess he's going to go back in the hypobaric chamber again. I was wondering. It's like do they have food in there for him? I guess they do, and and.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. You get like really you think we get super yeah. hungry, right?
0: Right, but I mean that certainly makes sense even though we think it's much more than than simply meeting Walter Bishop. You know, we haven't talked well, I guess we have actually have talked for a while about the Peter and Olivia's relationship and how and how it's developing and how very many of us are shipping them as a couple. And this episode, despite the seriousness of, of so much of it, there to, to me, there were a lot of telltale signs, and one of the first, she asks him really sheepishly if he might have a weird connection to track down a copy of the book. And if you watch her body language, she's clearly flirting with him. Now, I think we have to look at Olivia Dunham, strong woman, physically, emotionally, intellectually. She knows damn well what she's doing. Still, (laughs) it's Peter Bishop, Josh Jackson, and I. You know, I I think it's you know it was more than that. But she, I think she certainly knows what she's doing. But if she doesn't, and this is just a girl and a guy and whatever, but but it happens a couple of times in this episode where her body language really—it's so un-olivia like and i like it because olivia dunham is still there just because she flirts a little to get something and i don't even say what she wants it's what she needs and we understand that so you know and and then again markham i forgot about him what a great character i don't i can't remember if we see him again uh and they go into the we totally do yeah um Peter immediately says, this one, meaning Olivia, this one's just a friend. And, of course, Markham's banter includes, eh, yeah, you're not just friends. and uh, Right. And, and, and that kind yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny because that is, you know, you see how Peter is trying to, he goes out of his way to point out that, no, it's, you know, because, you know, Markham's like, oh, I like this one. And he's like, no, it's not like that, dude. But, you know, I mean, it kind of is like that. But maybe not quite yet. And of course, Peter and Olivia. I mean, they both. I mean, they're aware. You know, obviously, they're also like coworkers and stuff. So, you know, I mean, they're both playing it cool. And, and while we have, you know, we get the the shipping feelings going on from way back. Um, I, I like how they're kind of slow burning this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we get to some of the details that we hear about? Uh, in, in the manifesto because you know w- w- you know you mentioned the, the word that uh, i think it's mitchell Loeb uses about an army and, and we've certainly heard about recruits and right. o- you know whether or not olivia is one of and, these recruits. Uh, and
1: warriors right like she's, and warriors to be a warrior
0: right but uh walter reads peter a passage where he says our universe is only one of many and that the way to travel between them has already been discovered by beings much like us, but whose history is slightly ahead of our own. Only one world will survive. It will either be us or them. And obviously that speaks to what we said earlier in the discussion about the the multiverse storyline that appears to be getting ready to begin, and that a coming war between the two worlds, but I know I've asked you this before. You have not seen Counterpart, right? Nope. Okay. So Counterpart is a multiverse story where, again, it's a standard multiverse kind of setup where you've got the you know, same characters in both worlds. They're the same, but they're different. And in, in that, one of the first telltale signs you see is that one world, uh, we know we're in like 2019, but the One World's using, like, computers that, like, well, we were using those in the 70s. What the hell? Uh. So, you know, that whole idea of, of universes being the same but different is, is kind of what it appears they're speaking to here. So one side has discovered, apparently, how to cross between universes. We don't know whether that's this side or the side we haven't seen yet. So... right. You know, so that's cool. Um, but, um, well, no, that's spoiler. Can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really, that's, it's very
1: difficult with this episode to, like, you know, know how far to go when you're talking about some of the stuff that they reveal. Right. Because it's so much of it is just, like, is integral to pretty much the whole rest of the series.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, Walter, as he's reading the manuscript, notices that the language of the instructions for Olivia's test seem to be written by the same person. Many warriors of the coming confrontation are among us now. And uh, the, the language refers to the person taking the test as a recruit. So, you know, like you said, is Olivia a recruit? Is she a warrior? Are they one and the same? Are there others out there being tested? So at this point we, we don't know. Uh, obviously a war can't be fought by one person or can it? Yeah. So you know that don't know. yeah, that remains to be be seen. So, you know, I think on the horizon as as we and of course Olivia learn more about these Cortexafan trials, you wonder what that's gonna do to her relationship with Walter because Even though Nina refers to them as William Bell's trials, you got to believe that Walter was involved at at some point. So
1: right, well, that's what I'm saying. Like all these people, it seems like whenever they drop these tidbits on us, we see more and more how all these characters that we've just been kind of have having revealed to us now, we see that they are all interrelated and interconnected in some way.
0: All right. Well, let me ask you a, a big question for this episode. Okay. Um, Olivia's on the forty seventh floor, recognizing yeah. now that she's got to defuse this bomb, and the only way she's going to do it is with her mind. And WTF? And and you know everybody's bailing on her. Were you surprised at how Peter reacted and then reacted?
1: Well, yeah. Well, in Actually, I said yes, but I meant no. (laughs) Was I surprised? Well, I guess the surprising thing I thought was, you know, we always saw Peter's kind of ride or die when it comes to Olivia, but he's like, you're crazy, I'm out of here. Now, Fred brings up an excellent point that, you know, even if he had gotten on that elevator, he clearly doesn't have time to get away before that, you know, the thing explodes so and maybe he realized that, but I I don't think that's it. I think he got to the elevator and said, you know what? F it, you know. Like I I'm I'm ride or die with this this lady, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to, you know, if if we die, we die together.
0: Yeah, um, and and that's kind of what I think. It, it's almost in the moment he doesn't have time to really consider all of those different possibilities that that. It's somebody that he's developed feelings for, again, whatever level you want to, you know, ascribe to them really doesn't matter. Clearly, he cares about her and, and you know, she cares about him and, you know, where that's going to go. We don't know at this point. So. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he comes back. The the other thing, you know, you mentioned the scene where Walter recognizes the the i don't even know how you would describe it but when he's typing the y is is off the line with the other letter so he can tell that well i heard
1: i heard you're the master of of font so
0: yeah well i am but mm, yeah anyway (laughs) but but the other thing just the the, kind of the last thing that i wanted to mention when jones is talking to walter about you know the teleportation it, it does something unthinkable but it doesn't kill you we see the state that Jones is in after traveling once. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. So I I don't know what he means by that. I
1: know it sucks staying in a hospital, but but come on. Yeah.
0: So I I really don't know what he means by that. And and again, I I don't even remember to be quite honest. Not that I would say at this point, but. uh,
1: Well, either, but you know, but you don't. I thought Jones was pretty close to death but walter says that it doesn't kill you so you know
0: what's worse than that i (laughs) guess we'll
1: find out Uh, yeah yeah so
0: anything else about this before we get to fred's feedback i don't think so okay um all right well let's take a listen to fred and then we will be right back
2: hello dave and vane and all listeners to sci-fi tv rewatch this is fred from the netherlands with some feedback for fringe season one episode 14 a real good episode again. I gave it on IMDb a 10 out of 10, although it was actually more or less a 9.6 or a 9.7. But okay, you only can give whole grades on IMDb. So it was almost perfect. A little less than episode 10 of this season. So the episode called "Save" that really earned an A+. And although I gave it the same on IMDb, I think this would be a straight A. Finally, we got David Robert Jones back. And how did he come back? Whoa. He is so manipulative and has so much power, actually. The thing he developed, or whoever developed this, closing all your body openings. So when I saw the newspaper seller... Then I thought, okay, somebody should should do a tracheotomy, And that's actually what Olivia did later. But even then the tissue grows over the opening. So in that way they lost a colleague. In Star Trek terms, you would call him a red shirt because he was shortly introduced earlier. And it was clear something would happen to him. And yes, it did. A little nitpick is when Olivia is at Nina Sharp's office to ask about Cortexafam and she doesn't recall it and then she looks on her small device, whatever, and then, oh yeah, I I can read it here what it is. And then she gives a full lecture about stuff. I would expect more reading time needed. On the other hand, sometimes you forget something and when you just get a trigger word, everything comes to your mind and suddenly you can tell a whole story. In the discussion with Nina Sharp, she complains about how her right arm hand is not functioning properly and somebody should have a look at it. And later in a phone call, she also says something, "Uh, my hand is better, which has nothing to do with the telephone call at all. So what is this about Nina's hand? I really wonder if that comes back. Is that a Chekhov's gun somehow? Which role will that play? When Olivia has to deactivate the device, Peter is going to the elevator and saying to her, you're out of your mind. And then he reconsiders and comes back. Fortunately, doesn't disturb her in putting off those lights. But I thought, what were the chances he wouldn't survive anyhow? So he easily could go back. I think it was on the 47th floor... And the counter was on 48 seconds. Well, how long does an elevator need to to go down 47 floors? So is the purpose that we believe that he always stands next to her, is committed to her, likes her, loves her, or was this just silly anyhow because he couldn't survive and he realized that and just went back. What I wondered is why there are only 47 lamps on this display which Olivia has to shut off all those lamps because it's 7 by 7 but in the second row there are two lamps missing making it 47 lamps instead of 49 and they are on the 47th floor. Has this something to do with the fact that JJ Abrahams and Alex Kurtzman are involved in this series because it's known that in Star Trek there are a lot of 47s and that actually originates from a guy that was a writer for Star Trek I looked it up on Wikipedia called Joe Manoski and he studied at Pomona College and this Pomona College in Claremont, California, has a tradition about this 47 because there was a false mathematical proof that 47 was more present in nature and was a kind of, yeah, geeky story for that college. So people coming from that college, um, 47 is, is important for them. And it's a prime number, by the way. So I really wonder if J.J. Abrams or Alex Kurtzman had something to do with that. They used it a lot in Star Trek The Next Generation, and of course that's older than Fringe. And if this is a very important topic, I just discovered it by chance. I did look up that uh, Pomosa College story, but I didn't look up anything else about Fringe and 47. I just noticed, and it actually came to my mind because I thought, hey, why are those two lamps actually missing? Okay, that was some Sherlock Holmesy work. That will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands.
0: All right, some great stuff from Fred again. Um, You know, a couple of things we we already talked about. Now, Fred, I think, has mentioned before that he registered on IMDb so that he can give... Uh, feedback on there, and he said he gave this one a ten because you can't really give half grades on IMDb. I wouldn't argue with him on this one. I mean, I certainly feel like this one deserves an A. Whether it gets an A plus or not, I'm not quite ready to go that route. Uh, unlike you, I'm I'm loath to give too high a grade because then you, oh wait, that's you. So so yeah. I mean, I'm
1: I'm solid A on this for sure. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm not, like I said, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give it the A plus because I'm going to save that. I'm sure there's some, well, who knows we'll ever talk about, but I know certainly uh, the first episode of of season five would be um, definitely an A plus because also because I got into our county curriculum I wrote curriculum one year. So, um, (laughs) But but yeah, it's, it is an outstanding episode for sure. Yeah.
0: Now he brings up uh, the the thing with Nina's hand that you know she mentions it to Olivia when she calls her you know in that final phone call and, and Fred finds that a little I, I guess what Fred's getting at it seems like out of character given the context of of the conversation and, and on the one hand I would agree I guess the what I think about that is that relationship that is developing between nina and olivia and and as we've said all along clearly olivia uh, um, nina knows way more about olivia than she's letting on at this point And, and obviously a lot of that comes out tonight we don't we don't know but we know so i guess i look at that thing with the hand almost as a conversation piece right that since we don't really know mom i don't care about your hand (laughs) but you wonder how many people know about her hand so is it common knowledge within massive dynamic maybe maybe not
1: but yeah maybe olivia's just one of the only people she can complain to about her hand.
0: so i guess i looked at it like uh, like that fred i had no idea about the significance of 47
1: yeah i didn't either that was wild Right.
0: And and you're a Star Trek guy, right? So,
1: I, well, I wouldn't call myself a Star Trek guy, but I, I, I do love Next Generation. And apparently it's a writer for TNG that came up with this whole uh, 47 thing. So,
0: anyway, pretty cool stuff. Uh, anything else about Fred's feedback? Well, there's one thing that he said that, well,
1: that kind of sparked something because he, he said how it's really scary how manipulative David Robert Jones is. And I'm like, you're right. I mean, he is a, crazy scary character right like anyone who basically like when he says to harris you know when you when you return you will bring me these things and then you know you got that scene which i loved of harris dropping his watch into the bag you're just like yeah yeah ah you know, i hate the i hate for jones to be winning but if he's gonna win over harris then that's cool too you know and it actually goes back to when mitchell Loeb was arrested and he you know was asking olivia do you know what you've done? Are these guys the bad guys? You know we certainly aren't you know super crazy about the methods that they use and and his uh you know, willingness to sacrifice someone like Tommy, who's a complete innocent right never you know I mean maybe he's not a complete innocent, but he never did anything to David Robert Jones right. You know so why you know like the ability to just kill people be willing to to kill people who are just basically innocent are they you know when this war between these worlds that that they talk about in ZFT is that something that is so can, can potentially devastating well I guess the answer is yes I mean if ZFT is right where only one world can exist then you know how easy is it for for Jones to justify what he does, right? Sure. Like if I don't, if if I have to crack some eggs, the the overall bigger picture is I'm saving our entire world, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that, again, I think we've mentioned this, if not on the fringe discussion at some point in our discussion over the past few years. I mean, that's sort of what we find in Continuum, that – we first view liberate as a group of terrorists that are trying to bring down the government and change the future. And the more we see the future and and what it really means is like, well, they're not the bad guys. The, the, the future government are the bad guys. Right. And, and, you know, with, uh, Rachel Nichols character, she realizes that, you know, I've been fighting for the wrong side, you know, my entire career and brilliantly handled there, brilliantly a possibility here. So Yep. All right. Well you want to get to the spoiler zone?
1: Yeah, let's let's go. All
0: right. As we say each week, if you have not seen the entire series, stop listening now. And dude, I mean, especially tonight. <laughs> you Yeah. You know, uh, again, unless you're one of those people. So yeah. uh where do you want you to start? Be. Um there's a lot out here. Um
1: Well, I mean walter did write zft okay for starters with william bell right right
0: now now the one thing i had in my notes what prompts him and this is something i don't really remember exactly but what prompts him to write this manifesto is it the guilt he feels over peter's kidnapping no and, i think it's from watching walter knit. okay
1: and realizing that the other side is like a little bit ahead of them and that you know has the ability to destroy this world
0: okay but i think okay okay right but then it gets to the point where okay if we're on the side that's behind technologically this kind of a manifesto might put the kibosh on technological development or is it I keep wanting to, it's like, I can't get Army of the Twelve Monkeys out of my head after hearing right. Mitchell Loeb use that yeah. that word. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it's sort of is applicable here. Again, another great show, which.
1: Well, in, in another case where, you know, you think like the Twelve Monkeys, well, at least in the original movie, um, you know, you think the Twelve Monkeys again are the bad guys and,
0: you know. Right. Everything. And uh, another series that I need to rewatch.
1: But yeah, where, where where could you even is that on Netflix or what is that? Where can yeah? You I don't know.
0: I haven't looked. I have to look in a while. Yeah, you, you never know these days. Some of them you turn do up not in weird places. Um, yeah, like
1: cer- fringe on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, certainly the reveal that Olivia was one of the Cortexa fan kids, and we've mentioned that in the spoiler zone before, and yeah. and it gives her the ability to travel between the universes so uh, right well and then
1: also to the answer to the question that you raised during the podcast is that yes there are other kids and yes they are still out there and yes we will see them
0: yes and it, it boils down to no, they're
1: not kids now i mean they're all well, right
0: they're all right. right they're all her age uh, yeah. thereabouts um yeah what else
1: I I can't remember any of this stuff really. I know DRJ is just, is all over the place. Right. And that there, I can't remember how long he was kind of like the quote unquote big bad. Um, So I I can't really remember. I I just know that, that he still is, uh, has a significant part in in the series. I was just going to
0: say, I mean, we, we reach a point eventually where we'll go through a series of flashbacks to, you know, the Walters past when, when his son Peter was dying and you know, the way he watches that other world. And yeah, I think you've mentioned this before as well. You know, he, he's kind of like the observer in, um, to, to a certain extent, like, uh, September, the observer, I don't think he's been named in the season yet as September, but uh, the bald guy, we, you know, we, we learned that's his name. Um,
1: Right. Well, you I know, saw so, him this time. Did you catch him?
0: I, I did catch him. Yep. And, it's, it's been and, a
1: while, but this time I caught them, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's again, as we've said, there, the thing that, that's so great about this rewatch for us is that while we've got a fairly good handle on the big things, it's all the little things leading up to it that that are are yeah. they, they just are new for us as we rewatch these episodes.
1: And you know, you know and again, part of it is all because of you know. Um, Walter not being able to recall any of this stuff because he, as we've said before, he's had part of his brain removed. And so he, all this stuff, he, he literally can't remember. Right.
0: Whew, anyway. Um. Well, that, that's all I wanted yeah. to mention for uh, Spoiler Zone. Um, yeah, I think
1: yeah. we got the big part of it, yeah.
0: Okay, and so we uh, ended up giving this one an A. That that sounds yep. good. Uh, yeah,
1: we got an A.
0: All right. Yeah, I, I you know it's it's funny I I impose these little you know rules on myself. I can't watch the next episode till I'm done editing this one. And you know, so far I I've been I've been good. So uh have you gone out no, Yeah, they're yet? probably going
1: to come back with like a monster of the week one, you know, or something. You know? Yeah,
0: you know, again, I forget I mean this the next week is episode 15, so then we'll be through 3 quarters of the first season. So Uh, Not a whole lot of time to to throw in standalones, but we shall see, because as we keep saying, we don't remember. Right. (laughs) Anyway, all right, well, let's leave it there. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe, anything going on in your genre world. Uh, Check out the Facebook group if you haven't emails can go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com we will be back next week to talk about season one episode 15 of fringe but until then
1: so uh a buddy of mine a couple weeks ago went to see uh this band the war on drugs played down in dc it was awesome concert great but i hadn't been out in a while i hadn't been to a concert in ages and so i know there was some really weird um new types of of security you know you know obviously we had to show him that we were vaccinated and everything to start. But then I was really taken aback when, you know, going through security and the one guy says, did they check his anus and penis?